Sanbanani, good evening, Dumalang, and welcome to episode 159 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. It's a Friday edition of the Private Property Podcast. Welcome to all our new viewers, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, or on Twitter. And if this is the first time that you're watching us, make sure to go back to some of our old episodes and catch up on some of the great content that we have brought on your screens. Now, talking of great content that's on your screen, we don't only have the Private Property Podcast here on the private property platforms, but we also have the First Time Home Buyers Show, which is that show that you want to make sure you watch if you're a first time home buyer and it comes to your screens every Wednesday at 7.45 p.m. and it's brought to you by SD Clarkson. And we don't forget everybody who's got green fingers if you want to go into agriculture. Uh, we have the Farming Podcast that comes every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m. And that's another one that you do not want to miss. And if you're still shopping around or perhaps want to add on to your property portfolio, the developer show is just for you, where we highlight some of the best uh, developments that the country has to offer. And that's something that you certainly want to make sure you don't miss out. That's every Saturday and Sunday at one o'clock. Well, to get us started with this evening's conversation, but before we do that, remember we will be giving away that 500 grand cash prize later on on the show we have been running a competition where we wanted to find out what your big milestone is this is as we celebrate a big milestone here at private property as we mark half a million of you on our facebook page we have been running this competition on our facebook page so make sure to enter that particular competition on our facebook page we will be announcing the lucky winner later on remember you have to be watching live in order to stand a chance to win now to get us started with our conversation this evening, we're talking about something that we probably want to be talking about on Black Friday. And if you do participate in Black Friday, do share with us down below, what did you buy? I mean, I was saying on my Twitter page, that's at Zamantunga underscore K, I was saying that, you know, I wish there was a Black Friday special for property. And if anything, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us would like that. I mean, imagine somebody putting... Uh, up a 40% discount on a particular property. Somebody was even commenting that they'd even appreciate a discount on you know, transferring fees or bond registration attorney fees, uh, which of course would be very welcome uh, for those of us who are in the process of buying or selling our homes. Well, this evening, we're going to look at ways of saving money. It's not quite a Black Friday special, unfortunately. We're going to be looking at expert home loan tips and tricks in reducing your home loan term amount. And of course, reducing your home loan term amount also means that you get to save on money in the long run. And to help us better understand this one, uh, this is a lady who needs no introduction to the Private Property Podcast. We've had her on before. It's Yvonne Falun, who's a property finance specialist at Uber Home Loans. Yvonne, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, Yvonne, when we look at, you know, home loan term, and I know this is something that you're very passionate about because this is what you do all the time. What would be the... Before I even look at what are some of the tips and tricks, I think firstly, overall, when you look at somebody, uh, let's say who's bought a property this year or who's about to buy a property, perhaps let's look at the people who are about to buy a property. How should we be thinking about this loan term that we're about to get into, especially given that for so many of us, our loan term, um, is, and this is something I always say, is going to very likely be the longest relationship that we get into. How should we be thinking about um, the payment, maybe whether it's you know making sure that we don't end up actually being in this relationship for 20 years, 
because uh, I know that that can be something that's very intimidating for so many people. So for people who haven't bought just yet, how should we be thinking about it? And what, um, I'll say, tips can you first share for the people who haven't gone into it just yet? So I think what's critical is to start with your own back office. So start with the financial fitness at your, your financial situation. So draw up your budget and look at what is your gross, what is your net. Look at what are your contractual obligations, those that you've committed to contractually, vehicle finance, cell phones, insur insurance, assurance, and look at can those be tweaked? Can they be um, reduced? So, and you want to be looking at what are you spending that's non-contractual. And once you've concluded this financial fitness assessment, and you can do it with an Uber consultant, um, sit down and meet with them, and then ascertain how much money am I going to have left to spend. So we're very fortunate in the current environment that Prime is so low. So we, you know, that emoji with the stars in the eyes. That's how I feel most of our home buyers are at the moment. <laughs> they just need 7% and they're like, yes. I could, I could, a year ago, I could only buy for, for 2 million, but today I can buy for 3 million because it costs the same, you know, that, and, and my concern is always, this is that long, this is not boyfriend or girlfriend, this is a marriage, and you need to have a long-term approach to it, so I always say start there, because once you know your financial fitness and what you're willing to part with, that will translate back into what bond you prepare to spend, we always want to look at how much extra could we put into the bond and then obviously rates, taxes and levies and things like that. So in my first consultation is a fitness, is a financial fitness exercise. Let's check what do you earn, what do you spend? Is there corners to cut? Are you buying your, all your food at a, a, a the Woolworths shop or should you maybe be looking to shop more, you know, at Giants per, per monthly, you know? So we look at all those things so we can guide the customer and say, right, now we've got a, an amount Let's see how that translates into a monthly home loan. And then and once we know that, then we're going to start talking to them about the mechanism. Because a lot of customers don't understand how a home loan works. And I think that's the biggest fear. They have this 20-year home loan at a prevailing prime lending rate, and they get you know, anxiety. because, And I don't think they understand that South Africa's got one of the most flexible mortgage lending facilities in the country, or in the world. Apologies. In the world, we're very flexible here. Mm. And and perhaps, you know, Yvonne, because I actually wasn't aware that a lot of consumers uh, typically don't know how, you know, the home loan facility would work. Um, I mean, if you had to almost explain the flexibility of it, when I mean, you're saying that South Africa is one of the most flexible home loan facilities in the world, if you had to explain somebody, I'll say the extent of the flexibility, how would you go about explaining it? Because I think people also don't know what they don't know. Um, some people already even have those home loan facilities, probably don't know the, the extent to which that facility is in fact uh, flexible, especially relative to you know, people in different parts of the world. Absolutely. And I think once you understand this fundamental, it becomes very easy to understand how you can play with this to your benefit to reduce the interest in the term. So if a customer says to me, Bon, well, what is this access bond everyone speaks of? I must have it. What does it mean? Um, this interest that appears on this home loan agreement, it's, it's like a million, it's two million. And they, so how it works in the home loan is a million rand. The prime lending rate, let's say, is 7%. On the million, which is the capital, interest is charged daily on what you owe the bank at the end of that day, and it's accumulated monthly to determine the instalment. 
So if you were to play, and I'm sure you've often heard mates say to you, if you paid early in the month, if you paid that you so there's a lot of tricks of the trade. There's, you know, they claim that you could pay early in the month instead of 31st. So because interest is charged daily for 31 days on that capital, accumulated monthly into the installment, you in effect control how much interest you pay. So if you utilize your home loan as your saving mechanism and you put pots of money and reduce that capital and you put pots of money going in, you will effectively reduce the interest, thereby when you pay the installment, you're ended up paying more towards the capital and less towards interest because you've been feeding the capital monster, therefore the interest is less, although you still continue. So if we use a million rand in an example of um, on 7%, the installment 7,800. So now you, you tonight Yvonne wins Lotto Plus, 107 million. <laughs> <laughs> she puts 900,000 into the bond effectively from Monday. She's only going to be ticking interest every day at 100,000. But Yvonne still pays 7,800 Rand on the 31st of the month. Of that 7,800, Yvonne's effectively probably only liable for 1,000 Rand interest. So she further reduces that capital monster by 6,800 Rand. And in turn, the capital will decrease quicker and thereby the term reduces quicker and thereby she pays less interest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things, um, and was, uh, as I was asking you, that a lot of people don't know what they don't know, unfortunately. I mean, even sometimes you get a home loan facility because we're at that age where you're buying uh, you know, a house and you still don't quite understand what you've signed up for. Um, so earlier on, Yvonne, we're looking at what people need to be mindful of before taking on this beast of a home loan that's a 20-year you know, relationship that can seem very intimidating. Now let's look at the people who've already taken on a home loan, whether it's their first year or second year. We know that there are quite a lot of entrants into the property market, especially this year with a lot of players taking advantage of the historically low um, interest rates. How should they be looking at their home loan journey because just because they've now been granted that home loan doesn't mean that it ends there. Um, it's still actually going to be a, a long relationship. How should they be thinking about their home loan journey, uh, the home loan payment, and even ways in reducing their home loan from that 20 year term to perhaps lower? So I'll, uh, I'll give you an example. If we were speaking January of this year, the rate was say 9%. Per million rand, that was costing you, call it 9,000 rand a month, okay? So that now the lending rate drops to 7%. All of a sudden, that bond that was costing you nine, now costs you 7,800. Now, everyone's thinking that gives me a lot of moolah. I can go buy those Freddie jeans I've wanted. My advice to that consumer would be that 9,000 to that 7,800 I would go and put that one, two, 1,200 into that bond every single month. That immediate additional payment of 1,200 Rand automatically reduces that 20 year bond to 15 years and saves the customer almost 230,000 Rand in interest. So that's the first thing I would say to the home buyer. Don't be caught up in the reduction of the rates and go with the flow and pay the lower installment. 
keep your installments at the when you did the financial fitness assessment last year with your uber consultant you determined you could pay nine so you should continue to keep that installment at nine albeit the rate is now seven because then you the extra 1200 you're paying is going to reduce that term by as much as five years and it's going to save you interest of almost 240,000 rand and, you know, I think, Yvonne, one of the things that, and I do this with my home loans is, uh, and this was even prior to, you know, all the decreases that we had had. Uh, I think, let's say, let me take one of the, the home loans. I think the, the payment, let's say it was, for example, 4,800 uh, for the particular, you know, property. And at the time, or it was hovering on nearly 5,000. I can't remember where the interest rate was. And I think at the time I made an executive decision to, make a payment of 6,000, right? So I actually called the bank and I said, I want the debit order to be 6,000. So if the interest rate goes up slightly, you know, in the next few quarters, I know that it will still be within that 6,000 mark in the event where it went beyond. I knew that the, you know, the debit order would obviously then become more than the 6,000. And if anything, ever since that decision, the interest rates have been going lower and lower and lower and lower. And sometimes obviously remaining the same. So I'm still paying the 6,000 rands. And I don't, and because I've budgeted for that 6,000 rand, yeah. I don't even feel the difference. I know that it's making a difference in the home loan itself mm -hmm. and how quickly the home loan gets paid off. But I certainly don't have a shift suddenly in my budget because I think sometimes it's so easy to get excited about you know, having a little bit of extra money and having to manually move it in your account from uh, you know, your check account and putting it into your bond facility that just having it as a standard debit order that's that additional payment for me I found is actually so much easier than thinking I'll manually move the money because once the money's in your account there's always other things. Yeah, there's always <laughs> other things you can. There are better things you can spend your money on because you're not going to think, ah, look, you know, I'm maybe going to save, you know, forty thousand on interest if I just put this little bit. We're not going to think like that. So no. I do think to you know viewers at home, if you know that you're not as disciplined when it comes to manually moving your money, certainly do look at having it as a debit order and you don't have to think about it. I know that I lack the discipline of having to do it you know, every single month. So I've just automated it all together. I certainly want to hear from you at home. I mean, what are some of the ways that you've used to make sure that you're able to add that little bit extra money into your bond facility and reduce the term as much as possible? And if you've managed to reduce the term, how many years did you reduce the term by? I mean, it's always so interesting to hear people say, I was able to pay off my home in like seven years. How many years did you reduce it by? And was it, you know, just because you maybe added, you know, all your bonus money, you add a side hustle and ended up adding money into it. Do share with us your experience of how you managed to do that. We're going to go for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be looking at other ways you could, you should be thinking of your home loan facility and other strategic things you could potentially do uh, with your home loan facility. We're going to be back just after this.
welcome back to episode 159 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantongwa Kumalo. It's rainy here in Joburg, and I do hope that if you are watching us at home, everybody is safe and sound, uh, as we are, of course, getting ready for the weekend. I think it's the second or third consecutive week that we're having a rainy week here in Joburg, which is quite unfortunate. But we're talking property, and we're looking at the different ways that you can save uh, when it comes to your home loan. And this is something that I'm sure a lot of us would want to do, reduce your loan term as much as possible, because you get to save on the interest. If you're watching us across our social media platforms do make sure uh, that you show us some love we love hearing from you i also wanted to find out what did you manage to buy this black friday i saw on social media that uh, there weren't that many people in the different stores which i think is very welcomed especially given that we're you know in the middle of a pandemic where you probably don't want to be with crowds so do let us know what you managed to you know buy i'm sure a lot of us are quite disappointed that we didn't see a lot of property uh, black friday deals or even transfer deals. I mean, if you even know of uh, any property practitioner that had some kind of special that is property related, then do share with us down here below. Now we are talking, you know, expert home loan tips and tricks in reducing your home loan term amount. And I'm joined by um, Yvonne Fonuni, who is a, a property finance specialist from Uber Home Loans. We are taking your questions and comments across our different social media platforms. Uh, I see we've got some love here from Colleen Lee Collins on our Facebook page, um, who says, is there a rule or law that says you can only fix your interest rate after five years? So the fixed rate question is quite a prevalent one because prime is so low. So can you fix, make application straight after transfer to the bank to fix the rate? So the fixed rate options hover between 6, 12, 18, 24, 36 as much as 60 months. And you can only fix up to 60 months. And the bank would look at your specific scenario and say, based on your credit score, your loan to value, Yvonne, I'm going to offer you these rates over the options. So yes, in this country, 60 months is our maximum that we fix rates for. But you can reuse it afterwards. Yeah, so I think to just echo that, uh, because I think uh, Colleen Lee wanted to find out if you can only fix them after five years. So you can essentially fix them as soon as transfers happen. You don't have to wait five years into your loan term to be able to fix them. Yes, so you're going to make up until transfer, you'll be on a variable concession and post transfer, you can apply to fix the rates. Be wise about it though. If you've been afforded prime minus one in the current market environment, and you're therefore paying back at 6%, would you really necessarily, because you and I, I mean, I don't wish to say anything ill, but we understand we're not going to fix at 5%. You know, the bank is going to, if they're going to lock in capital for a six, 12 or 60 month period, they're not going to do that at five or 6%. They're likely to do that at seven or above. So the only time you would want to, in my opinion, in a, in a downward spiral with the rates, the only time you would want to fix is if your pocket required it. So you've done your financial fitness assessment and you realize I'm just over indebted at this stage. I need a solid installment that I can guarantee for the next 24 to 36 months. Then you would do it. But in the current economic environment we are in, the likelihood is the rates we are seeing coming from the bank are quite good. I would not fix it seven if I could have the opportunity of paying it six. 
yeah. for the next yeah. up to 18 or 24 months. Yeah, and that's certainly something that's been echoed by a lot of the guests uh, I've had here on the show, uh, you know, Yvonne, who said, look, more often than not, they actually tend to find that fixing interest rates and you're able to look at the data. When you fix interest rates, you're more likely to actually make a loss uh, or lose right. money as opposed to saving the money. So in the event where you do need that cash flow quite urgently, then that's a you know, separate story altogether and you need it for those specific months. Uh, but for the most part, people don't typically make a killing by fixing their interest rates. No. The reality is that banks themselves are in, the, are in business. So they're not going to fix it at prime minus. I've never heard of an example where it actually gets fixed at prime minus. If anything, it's always prime plus. And right now, banks are also quite conservative in granting those fixed rates. Um, and as you say, they're not going to you know, lock them in at uh, 7%, let's say for the, for the next 60 months. So I think do make sure that you run your numbers um, you can certainly have a conversation with the bank and see what rate they're able to give you uh, and whether that's something that you want to sign up for. Um, Colin, Colin Lee also actually asked another question saying, what is the advantages and disadvantages of changing bonds between banks? So you've gotten bank A and they say they've given you whatever rates you've had and you've now been in a relationship with them for X number of years and now you want to you know, jump ship. What are the advantages and disadvantages of doing that? So that, that is specifically called switching, which was quite, um, I mean, I've been in the game for two decades. It was quite big, probably 15 years ago. It, it's, it's sort of diminished in popularity over time because the goal and the objective of the lending environment is to boost new home purchases, not to buy stale debt from another bank, which is in essence what it is. So if Yvonne has her bonded um, bank blue and she wishes to switch to bank red, um, bank, uh, bank red's buying blue's old debt. They'd much rather take that money and go and give it to a new applicant who's acquiring a new acquisition. So switching is not common that much anymore it does happen very rarely and if there would be any benefit for the customer and where i've seen it personally is where a consumer moves his entire portfolio from blank bank blue to blank green for argument's sake and he wants the benefit of internet banking and he wants to earn their um their version of rewards so he wants everything in the same stable then he would switch the likelihood that banks are going to compete on each, on stale business on interest rates is very minimal. So 15, 20 years ago, we would see the bank say, okay, bring me your old bond. I'm going to do a better rate than Blank Blue did. Not now so much because their focus is more new debt than, than purchasing old debt. Mm. And I think, yeah, and I think, you know, one of the other things with moving your uh, particular bond facility is also the cost of the whole exercise. You're going to have to take bond registration attorneys. So you almost don't, don't misunderstand me. There definitely is a place in the market, and there's a very well-known Orange Bank who's now partnered with a Blue Bank. <laughs> you know that um, is that is their core focus: switch and save. So there's an absolute need for it, um, as there is, but it's not a commonality, like you said, the cost to register a new bond, rather take that 30K and put it into your bond and see how it's going to amortize and save you interest. Um, and never be afraid if you're five, six, seven, ten 10 years into a life with a home loan, and you didn't hear this from me on national Facebook, but never be afraid to 
contact your bank and say, listen, my conditions have changed. I'm now, my credit score was 600. It's now 680. I was an intern. I'm now fully fledged degreed professional. The property was worth only 500 then and I took 100% bond and it's now worth a million. So effectively, it's only a 50% bond. Is there any scope, means, or ways that you can look at, ask to consider a better rate? You know, never be shy. Ask the question. And I think, you know, Yvonne, if I think about it, I think a lot of people, um, more than anything, tend to not know that you're able to negotiate just about anything in property. Then it's worse once you've already signed up for you know, the particular property and you bought the property. They don't know that you're able to go back to a bank and ask them if they're able to give you a better rate. Because as you say, your situation may have changed. Maybe that first time you bought, uh, you know, you got a bad rate because you had just started working. So even your credit score wasn't that great. Two, three years down the line, you've gotten promoted two times. Your credit score is way better than where it was at. Uh, and you're able to go back to, you know, the bank and actually see whether they can review a rate um, and give you a better rate. I know that there's a bank that doesn't do rate reviews. Unfortunately, not all of them uh, do. So the different banks have their terms and conditions. So it is important that you find out whether your the bank that you've got that particular home loan facility with, um, you know, does do that. Uh, you know, one of the banks that I have a home loan with doesn't do um, rate changes at all. So you pretty much have that rate. If you want to switch, then you can switch, but there isn't a renegotiating your particular um, rate. So then Yvonne, I mean, when we then look at the overall way of how we should be looking at our home loan journey, it is a long-term one, as you keep saying, um, and it can be quite overwhelming. You know, what other tips can you share with us in making sure that the journey doesn't feel as overwhelming and we're able to save at almost every point uh, along the journey? Because especially right now, I mean, if I look at probably the next, let's say three years, they're probably going to be economically quite difficult for a lot of people um, to the point where maybe some people may not be able to pay that little bit extra in their home loan. Some people are finding that this is a great time for them because they are reducing their debt as much as possible, using some of the money that they were previously paying, you know, the debt towards putting it in their home loan facility. But how can we make sure that we can weather probably the next three years or so and still be uh, able to, let's say, bring down that loan term whether it's by five years or seven years or even more. So I think you've got two schools of thought. So you've got your home buyer who is not necessarily as affected by Corona and has not got financial implications. They should be actively utilizing their home loan as a saving mechanism. They could, and putting as much money as possible into that access bond. Please always make sure your access bond is activated. It's not always, um, automatic so, so pay make, make take phone your bank make sure it's activated and then utilize your home loan as a saving pocket to put any extra cash that you may have at any given time into the saving pocket so there's that's what i'm saying to the guys who are cash flush then the guys were saying i haven't had a good covid i've been on terse um i'm a little bit more cash strapped yvonne what do i do i say have a financial fitness Look at where is your money going each month. Look at the properties you own. Look at the equity sitting in those properties and have a discussion with your originator and say, I'm, I'm bleeding money on short-term debt. Um, it's a high interest short-term, but I'm sitting with a property with 
high equity, a low loan to value, is it not wise for me to maybe do a further loan on my existing property and access that money and go and kill the short-term debt so that I can put that money into my home loan and reduce my home loan quicker instead of paying my unsecured lending and incurring high interest and short term. So two schools of thought for your home buyer is one, if you've got extra money, never let it lazily lay around in your check and savings account, straight to the home loan. And two, if you're feeling a bit anxious about too, you're top heavy with debt, but you're sitting with equity, you qualify for the home loan, you've paid your debt well, your, your score is good, consider looking at having increasing your home loan to cancel all the short-term debt so that you have one person you're paying. And then if you, you can kill that bond quicker because you can put any extra money into that bond versus short-term debt like personal loans and credit cards. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of people probably get into that debt trap, especially during this time of year. I mean, I saw a very uh, you know shocking statistic uh, that was looking at the 2019 Black Friday sales and the percentage of people who you know, took out unsecured lending, who took out store accounts, and how high that was. It's going to be interesting to see what the data is going to look like for 2020. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping that it's going to be substantially less. We didn't see as much commotion in the different last year. And, and I think if anything, it, it, it's probably a combination, obviously, of coronavirus. Uh, also, the reality that in South Africa, we don't really have great Black Friday deals. You know, it's not like in America or the UK where Black Friday deals are quite massive. Here, we're seeing that a lot of the shops are first increasing their prices. You know, usually from like October onwards, the prices slowly start going up. And as soon as Black Friday comes, then they do a reduction. And usually even that reduction is higher than what the initial price of a product is. So I think the South African consumer is also slowly catching up to that and perhaps being slightly more frugal by circumstance, but also by knowing that we're not really getting the best deal. So I do hope to, you know, to appears at home that they're quite mindful of that. And as Yvonne says, you want to put as much of your extra money as possible into that home loan facility. It makes a difference. I mean, even if you, and this is, you can even play around with the calculator, Uber Home Loans on their website, they've got that extra bond uh, payment calculator. So something even as small as paying an extra 50 rands and it may seem like, oh, that's nothing. And so you can almost do a small change move whatever money that you keep having at the end of, whether it's the week or the month, uh, to make sure that you're able to make those savings. Yvonne, before I let you go, any final tips to viewers at home um, who are going to either be buying a property until we speak to you again, or who already have a property and want to make sure that they maximize um, their money, they maximize uh, or have the best home loan ownership journey that they possibly can have? So for me, it's critical that you're doing a personal financial fitness on yourself. Where, what are you banking in terms of income? What are you spending that money on? Whilst the home loan is the marriage of the longest term, it can also be the easiest and the less anxious to repay earlier with no penalties. So remember that and as much as 500 rand per month per million in a bond will will save you three years so before you go tomorrow morning and spend freely at the mall think to yourself should i first put my first 500 in my home loan so that's what i'd like to leave you with is with the flexibility the home loan offers do not have anxiety around the loan term do not have anxiety around 
the amount of interest that contract looks like it's going to cost you. Be wise, be money wise. Check your finances, cut the corners when you are able to cut the corners and pay that home loan off as soon as you're able to with any extra money. And then as soon as that asset is freed up from lending, you can then start looking, and we spoke about it earlier, is how do I create wealth? I create property portfolios. How do I do that? I start paying these properties off earlier so I can acquire more. So there's this, the, just the core fundamental of paying that bond off quickly can lead to so many other ways of wealth creation for yourself. Mm. Well, Yvonne, we are going to leave it there. I think that the next time we have you on, we're going to then look at how do we strategically grow our property portfolio? I think having uh, you know, insight from somebody who's been in the industry for two decades and who works with home financing specifically and the different creative ways that we can structure our property portfolios that's efficient, uh, but also making sure that we're able to you know, leverage off the current properties that we have is certainly a conversation that I would like us to have. But thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. And that is Yvonne Ferlin, who's a property finance specialist at Uber Home Loans. I do hope that you found that very insightful. I think for a lot of us who are, you know, re-looking our property portfolios and trying to find the different creative ways, whether to pay it off, to leverage, uh, to grow the portfolio, these are some of the things that we always need to be mindful of. Well, we're going to go for a quick break. And when we come back, we will be announcing that lucky winner of that 500 grand cash prize. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Friday edition of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandunga Kumalo. It is that time in the evening where we get to give away a 500 grand cash prize to one lucky viewer at home. And this is, of course, in our competition that we're running this week, where we wanted to find out from you. Uh, we wanted you rather to share a big milestone with us. It doesn't matter what their particular event is. We wanted to hear from you. This is as we celebrate the milestone of having half a million of you on our Facebook page. We certainly love the love and look forward to reaching that 1 million mark. I nearly said that 1 million rand mark. You can see I always have money on my mind. And that's of course the exact thing that I'm about to give away right here on the Private Property Podcast. And of course the big term and condition uh, with, the, uh, with this particular competition is the person who wins has to be watching us live and raise their hand, let themselves be known in order to claim their prize. 
and the person who potentially walks away with this 500 rand cash prize uh, goes to Uponto Mamelo Nchinye. Uh, that is Uponto Mamelo Nchinye. And they've written, my biggest milestone definitely has to be the fact that I defeated my fear of needles and donated blood, uh, helping save three lives. I had to be brave and think about all the people in need of blood. My sister needed a blood transfusion six weeks back, and that made me realize uh, how bad people need blood and that I am selfish by not donating just 500 milliliters when I have seven liters of blood. And that is Uponto Mamelongini, and she's even shared a picture uh, of herself donating blood. Uh, I also have quite a big fear of, of needles, so I fully understand uh, how that one is. I'm even worse because nurses and doctors typically struggle to find a vein. Uh, so I think my, my fears heightened because of the terrible experience I tend to have every time a needle has to be put um, uh, inside me. And I'm going to give Bonzo a minute or two to make herself known and we'll see whether she gets to walk away with that 500 grand cash prize. It's going to be quite fun because then we'll be giving it away on Black Friday. I'm sure that uh, there might be any other last minute deal she might want to take advantage of. Or of course, as we keep saying, put that money towards your bond facility. It's money that you probably didn't expect. So you might want to just put it towards any other um, facility. And so we are going to give her a minute or two. I'm going to wait for my colleague to let me know how this one has been and whether Bonzo is in fact watching us live in order to walk away with that prize. And, you know, I, I was sharing, I was sharing earlier one of the tips that I use uh, to pay a little bit extra in my bond facility. I actually thought of another one that uh, my, my partners and I tend to use. And I know if you know, at the end of, at the beginning of the year, there's always that uh, you know, that post that makes the rounds about how you can save something like maybe 14,000 uh, a year with, you know, putting aside whether it's the first 100, 200 uh, until December. And I think one of the very creative ways is using that same template. Instead of putting that money towards savings, you're now essentially putting it towards your bond facility. Uh, the previous year, we had actually used it to put it towards paying off a car and making sure that you're adding that little bit extra towards your vehicle uh, and ultimately being able to potentially pay off the car sooner. So there really are and creative ways to make sure that you're able to uh, you know, pay off your facility, whether it's your car or perhaps even your credit card or even your house. And this is something that a lot of us need, especially right now. I think when I look at the, you know, the low interest rates, as much as so many people like it for buying houses, or buying a property, one of the other perks is that you get to pay less on your debt. So this is probably the period where you want to pay off your debt as much as possible. I'm just waiting for a green light or a red light uh, about Uponto Mamelo Ntinye, uh, who potentially is going to walk away with that 500 rand cash prize. Of course, she shared with us her big milestone of donating blood and overcoming her fear of needles. I'm sure a lot of us probably have that fear. Uh, I know I have it. I, I struggle with needles so much so that I want to get a tattoo, but the thought of the tattoo doing what it needs to do, the tattoo artist um, you know, doing their job actually scares me quite a lot. Somebody actually once said, if I want to uh, you know, get a sense of how the pain is going to be like of uh, having a tattoo done, I need to physically take a needle and just keep doing this to myself. And then I'll get a sense of how the pain is going to be. And the thought of that just scares the life out of me. So it doesn't even matter that the tattoo I want is actually so small 
uh, I'm, I'm actually just too scared to, to get it. So, Bonzo, I absolutely get that fear a lot. And, and I don't know if I'll be able to eventually overcome my fear of needles and maybe do it. Uh, and perhaps I might even overcome that fear and eventually also be able to donate blood. I haven't unfortunately donated blood. I know that uh, one of my siblings has already done it. He's quite a regular. They always call him to make sure that he donates blood when he needs to. And I'll see if I'm able to also overcome that fear and potentially donate that blood. I don't see Bonzo making uh, an appearance. I can see one of my colleagues is about to let us know. And if unfortunately she's not on, then we have to uh, roll this one over. And I see that Bonzo unfortunately is not watching us live. And so we're going to do what we do when we don't see uh, the person who potentially walks away with that money. And it is of course to roll the money over. Maybe from next week, we may just roll over the money. If the person doesn't make themselves known on Monday, we'll roll it over. It becomes, you know, a thousand rand, a thousand five hundred until maybe a Friday when it's all that money in one. We'll see how we do it. Uh, we certainly do love giving away money here on the Private Property Podcast. It is easy to win that money. We don't even put you on the spot or ask you to do anything except make yourself be known. So next time, make sure that when you enter a competition, that you're right here in order to be able to make yourself seen. Well, we're going to wrap it up here on the Private Property Podcast. It has been a pleasure to be with you for myself, Uzamantongwa, and the rest of the team. We're going to wrap it up this Friday. It has been a great weekend. Thank you very much for watching us, for engaging us. Let's keep the conversation going right here across our platforms. You can also uh, hit me up on my Twitter page on at Uzamantongwa underscore. Well, until next week, Monday at 7 o'clock, it has been a great one. Hoping you're staying home and staying safe. Ferryglen is a really safe place and the people are really kind. Some of my friends live really close by in suburbs like Equestria and Olympus. In the morning I will wake up, make myself a cup of coffee, go for a jog in the Ferry Glen Nature Reserve or even just in the neighbourhood. It's safe, quiet and the environment is really nice. I love Ferry Glen because I'm near the city but I'm not in the city. Club. 
clear my mind um, on my own to relax and just to enjoy a round of golf. In Pretoria East we really have nice uh, places to visit like Menland Mall and Brooklyn Mall that is really close by. There are also a lot of top schools in the area like Pretoria Borsa and Yoshkul Menlopan. One of the most beautiful places to see the whole of Pretoria is the Fort Tapperkop viewpoint. And that's my neighborhood. <laughs>